Hey, this is Alex. Uh, just before this episode gets underway, we had a little bit of issues with recording at the very end, so some of the uh, podcast episode gets cut off. Uh, nothing really of substance, just the outro, so i uh, just like to present that now. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, if you like what we do here, uh, feel free to do so at NextGenThat'sPod. Uh, tell everyone that you know about it uh, if you really like it, and uh, yeah, we just want to thank you for your continuing support. Anyway, enjoy the episode. Welcome back, everybody, to the Next Gen Nats podcast. I am Tanner. I'm joined today by Alex, of course. We're happy to be back, heading into the Dodd days of summer, and that means the Dodd days of the Next Gen Nats podcast. Let's just kind of send this one. Um, Alex, how are you feeling today? Tired. Um, yeah, so... Let's just get into this. Uh, summer is nearly upon us. School is almost out. So, yeah, we got some more stuff coming. But let's do this. Still find it funny ever since that time where um, when we were on the Half Street High Heat podcast. If you haven't listened to that episode, you should, even though my mic was basically muted because I accidentally turned the volume down in the settings. On that episode, we were getting not made fun of, but... People in the call with us were going like, wow, I can't believe you guys are still in school. And I was like, man, you know, sometimes a high schooler just really wants to talk about baseball. But now we're almost done. So I yeah. say we just send it with this episode. <laughs> um, I'd love to say that you will be re- releasing a lot of episodes this summer, but we won't because I have a summer job. <laughs> that is in the middle of nowhere. Not the point, though. Um, the point is... The Nationals are really terrible. They are bad. Like, like we are in an intense battle of a series with Cincinnati Reds, who are, like, by far the worst team in the league. I, th- I think they won, like, what? Like, three games of the first, like, 16 or something? Yeah, they went, like, 20 and 3 to start the year. 3-20, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Reds are not good, and we're letting them hit grand slams off of us. So, I don't know why we feel the need to just hammer this point back every time, but yeah, no, the Nationals, not that good at baseball, but that doesn't mean that there's not a lot of content to talk about. Um, one thing that has been an, a bit of an unforeseen, uh, I guess, result of these past few weeks of National Baseball, we are finally seeing a little bit of Victor Robles' uh, potential spout out, obviously, You'd uh, like that potential to be from someone who, you know, is not um, 25 like he is. He would yeah. rather have had this when he was younger. But, you know, anytime is good time. He, you look at his uh, splits um, over the last little while. He's hitting uh, 236 this season, getting on base about 30% of the time. Obviously, you know, you like a little bit better than that. But over the past two weeks, he's really been hitting the ball pretty well. Um, had a huge home run yeah. against uh, Colorado. Colorado. I can't remember who the pitcher was, but really pimped that thing. And <laughs> the fi- finally, just a little bit, we're seeing a little bit more of what he can do. He's had some multi-hit games um, and picking up the total bases mm-hmm. uh, a little better. Yeah. Which, I, which, I would just like to, to mention that I was a witness Oh, you were at the uh, game? Oh, yeah, you were. Game. Yeah, so I, I take full credit for Victor Robles finally breaking out uh, kind of this year, at least being better than he was last couple of years in, in the 2020s. Um, 
But no, I mean, even after that, he's been able to just sort of keep it going. I mean, there were points like early in the year where it was like they're playing like a mid-afternoon game and I was on the bus and it's like, Victor Robles is a double. I'm like, wait, what? Victor Robles, yeah. <laughs> Victor Robles having clutch hitting. But no, uh, I mean, this year, he's he's been very good with the bat. I mean, obviously, he's fielding first, but... You look at his stats, and it might not show as much because he had a poor start to the year. Yeah, um, it's been kind of dragging down his totals. But you do look at the splits. You know, the last 365 calendar days. So going back in the last season, he has an OPS of about 600. He's already doing better than that in 2022. In the past uh, 14 days or so, he's got an OPS of 730. He's getting on base almost 35 percent of the time compared to you know 30 percent of the time. Like um, he has been, like I mentioned just a second ago. So we're starting to see a pickup. It is a little bit sad because this is still not great. Like, you know, a 258 batting average over the last two weeks, like, you know, it's still not amazing. But for Victor Robles standards, just to see that he seems more patient at the plate when he's getting his pitches, he's getting them, he's getting good contact, you know, obviously just like with any, um, you know, with any pitch, he, excuse me, with any batter, a lot of times it's unlucky just to fly out. But yeah. when he's making contact, it definitely looks a lot different. And when he gets on base multiple times a game, he is definitely looking like he can back up that um, skill in center field with his skill with the bat. Yeah, and, you know, we'll see. I don't know if it's necessarily a dead ball issue or live ball issue or whatever the MOB is doing with the baseballs now. Um, but if if the complaints seem to be throughout the first month or so of the year that the ball was dead. Um, and if it was dead and he's doing this, and now that it's getting warm and all that stuff, if he can keep this up, who knows? Maybe this is the year where he finally can piece it together. And, uh, you know, latter half the 20s, or of his 20s, he can start to provide a decent offensive value. Yeah, I feel like we kind of talked about it ad nauseum, the player that Robles was supposed to become versus a player that he has become has definitely been a big letdown mm-hmm. and a glaring failure in the part of the Nats developmental curve. Um, but you, know, you take what you can get right now. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's never been a question of whether or not he has an elite center field glove. And if yeah. he can just continue putting the bat to the ball um, in the way that he has been doing recently, eventually something's going to pay off. In, yeah. in the months of April and March... He was, um, you know, batting 241, slugging 333, and he did a little bit better in May. Just had definitely an uptick in the on-base percentage. He's walking more. Um, problem is he is striking out more. Yeah. But it, it it's a gradual process. Um, I don't really like our hitting coach. That's Darnell Coles. Um, we'll get to him in a minute, but I like that he's putting his bat to the ball, giving us – you know, some consistent hits. But again, you have to think about the fact that when he hit a home run, everyone went, oh my God, I didn't even know he could do that. Like, that's <laughs> not ideal. He has one home run this year. So, yeah. I don't really know what to think with him. Um, yeah. A widespread sentiment that I personally agree with um, is that he should be getting leadoff at bats. I, I like Cesar Hernandez more than most people, if I'm being honest, but like, that's yeah. not, that's not. That's not the future of, or a member of the future of uh, the Nationals right there. Let Victor get the at-bats uh, at leadoff. That definitely seems like an area where he could uh, use his tools better. Pretty fast. Um, yeah. can get some stolen bases. Um, if you just let him get on base, he's got five this year. 
but it's more about being uh, patient at the plate. And then when you swing, you just got to make contact. You know, it's easier said than done, but the difference is my, my baseball <laughs> career ended uh, in fourth grade <laughs> is still going. So you got to be able to put the bat to the ball. And if he can unlock that, um, that base running speed that made him a five tool prospect, really, he can make a damage at the plate and then on base. If he's a leadoff hitter, I want to just, uh, flash back to the trade deadline last year. Um, remember how everyone was celebrating Rizzo being able to flip John Lester for just about anybody. Yeah, getting Lane Thomas out of that. Was yeah, bad. they gave us Lane Thomas. And right now, he's actually been hitting pretty damn well. Obviously, the three-home run game last night, or a couple of nights ago, um, at the time of recording. But, I mean, I want to see him get more time, because it just seems like he's he's found something here. Um, and obviously, we're not talking like all-star caliber, but like what we got compared to what we gave away... Um, I don't think there's any complaints right now and a player yeah. who can be a starter will always be valuable and lane thomas is probably not an upper echelon starter he's never gonna be an all-star but yeah. you know it's always good to just have someone who can be trusted yeah. out in the field at the plate obviously we're gonna do better than lane thomas at some point if he's on the bench i wouldn't be trying for trading him for better value or something yeah. but the fact that you know these teams are built off of role players you you don't really hear the term role players as much in, in baseball. Uh, baseball as much as you do with, you know, basketball mostly, but also like football. Um, but in, they're they're equally as important. They're players who do a specific job. It's it's mm-hmm. the whole Bill Belichick mantra: do your job. It's also my seventh grade lacrosse coach's mantra. If everyone just does their job individually, eventually you can piece it together to a great thing. Think about to those twenty nineteen Nats. Yeah, we had stars. We had Scherzer and Strasburg and Soto and Rendon and Trey Turner. But then you had guys like. Jan Gomes and his Drupal Cabrera. Good players, but they're guys who are just doing their job. They're not trying to be more than they are. As Drupal Cabrera is not trying to be a home run hitter. Jan Gomes is not trying to be, you know, a base path demon. They're doing their job specifically. And, you know, it's the whole thing about how a a, a whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah. This is what we're trying to look. This is what every team is trying to accomplish. And so even the best teams that you see, even the teams with the best records who are hitting the best, who are pitching the best, they have players who are not stars. And yeah. I'm not totally sure how we got onto this topic from Victor Robles, but um, if Robles, honestly, the guy who w- we were hoping would be a star, if he can just be a starting caliber player, someone that we can feel comfortable having in the batting order out in center field, if he can be that, in my eyes, that's a success. That's Obviously, right. when you look at it compared to his expectations, not a success. But any player, can't all win. any player who you can trust enough to play baseball for your team on a day-to-day basis, that's a win in my book. And obviously, I'd love Robles to be, you know, Juan Soto Part Two or whatever. But, but he's, he's not going to be that. And yeah, it's so. So now we need to kind of start over. We need to think. All right, what can we have Robles be that can positively impact this team? Yeah, and just to do that, you know, reliable in center field and can occasionally produce the bat. Um, there's, I think, sorry, he's a little, you know, people people view him as a liability, and he's in a, such an offensive era of baseball where people are just trying to drive the ball out and not necessarily play small ball. You can't have a guy come up there and just be like, "Oh God, it's him." You know, there has to be some level of trust and confidence up the dish, and um, Victor. He doesn't have it right now, but hopefully, and what we've seen so far, he's building it um, through this, you know, so far this year. 
and uh, maybe it's just a you know series or a couple of series against bad teams, but you know confidence confidence is huge. And the thing is. You know, as easy it is for us to say you have to separate Robles from his former expectations, you're never really going to be able to do that. Mm. A player like Robles will always have that on his back. Like, you will just know, like, all right, this is what he was supposed to be, and this is what he's become. What's up with that? But, um, you know, think to guys like Michael A. Taylor. Michael A. Taylor was a high prospect for the Nationals. Now, this was in the dark days of our prospect farm, you know. Yeah. Well, he wouldn't have been top as high of a prospect for other teams, but nonetheless, he was a high prospect for us. Was supposed to be much better than he was. Did he end up being amazing? No, but he started in the NLCS for us, and he gave us some good hits. I remember he had a homer to start an inning on the very first pitch against Wainwright. I think that was game one or three or something. Um, and it's stuff like that. Like, yeah, Michael A. Taylor was not a star for us. You know, when we got our rings, not everyone went like, okay, let's go hand one to Michael A. Taylor right off the bat. Uh, Michael A. Taylor ended the NLDS. He made that yeah. great diving play in center field to, mm-hmm. to end the Dodgers season. And it was just like, if you can have someone who can give you consistent play out in center, you have to separate them from what they were supposed to be. And sometimes, like, yeah, there's a lot of blame to be placed on the NAS develop the Nationals developmental, you know, or uh, management staff. But a lot of it can be on the player. That's why I always hate putting too much blame on our development. Like, sometimes the players are just not what they were made out to be. And, yes, I'm not arguing with the fact that we don't have a great developmental staff. You know, our pitcher base, our, our developmental staff, I said developmental staff more times than last three seconds. Staff. Anyways, um, basically admitted that they can't develop pitchers. So, yes, I don't like these guys. Um, but some of it is often on the players and – Robles has not shown that kind of natural kick that we expected um, from how he was touted, but now we got to separate him from that, and I think he can be just a starting caliber player as time goes on, but if he can keep seeing the ball like he's been seeing, you know, I think yeah. we do have at least something there which can be a solid player for us going forward. Also, speaking about... Prospects. I know. I, I didn't know that we did that here at the Nets Gen Nets. I know it's crazy. I thought we just talked about like Alcides Escobar. <laughs> and- well, speaking of that, we have a brand new—well, not brand new—a somewhat new national at the major league stage. It's Luis Garcia. If you listen to our last uh, episode, which if you haven't finished this episode, then you'll listen to that one. If you listen to that, you will know that Garcia has been raking in the minor leagues, um, but he also. Not get called up for a while, despite the failures of LCD's Escobar. Um, it <laughs> was a service time manipulation uh, problem. So, um, you know, even with the new CBA and whatnot, the Nationals wanted um, Nationals wanted uh, to be able to have that extra year of control out of him, so which is why they kept him past uh, the 20, uh, 25th of May, excuse me. Yeah. But, you know, in at the minor league level this year, he was just absolutely killing the ball, you know, hitting 314 with almost a 900 OPS. Um, he had, am I reading this right? That's no, RBI. I was like, 32 home runs. <laughs> he had eight homers for the team. He was really, really cranking the ball. He got a sweet left-handed s- swing. And, I mean, the stats were all there. So we finally got him pulled up. And just yesterday, um, as we were having our comeback against uh, the Reds, big double to tie the game. Mm-hmm. And he's um, he's definitely someone I'm looking forward to a lot. He he was, I think, 20, 
20. Yeah, and we pulled him yeah. up for a little while, and he didn't do great. And so now we're starting to see that second uh, surge of him. He's already got um, five hits and only 15 at-bats. And I'm f- so excited that he's someone that we're finally seeing yeah. make his way through the uh, minor league system and up to the major league level. I mean, the excuse was bad fielding or whatever to send him down, but he wasn't playing in his natural position through all of it, and he still isn't. He's still being posted at shortstop. Um, but I think there's a play uh, just days before he got called up where he like he made like an incredible diving catch uh, over at second, and it's like, this is this is your excuse that he can't field? It's like, come on. Um, but no, I mean, I don't know if Cesar Hernandez can play short. I don't know if that's something he's ever done. Um, but I think Luis Garcia should eventually make the leap over there to second base. Because, um, I mean, when he can... The Nationals have, like, a weird, uh, like, fixation on playing people where they shouldn't be played at the major league level, especially their prospects. Carter like, Keeboom effect. Yeah, Carter Keeboom, uh, who, rest in peace. Uh, Remember him? Year. What happened to him? Yeah. <laughs> he he tore, his, tore his UCL. Um, no, but, uh, I mean, yeah, it's still early days. I mean, that's the really the mantra of every single prospect. It's still early days. Um, but dude's raking right now. Yeah. I'm sure, it's a series against the Reds, but... Major League pitching is Major League pitching. Yeah. And you take what you can get. Um, Garcia is a big-bodied lefty, sits to about 215 pounds, um, and has really been able to drive the ball, a good pole hitter. Um, would like to see more opposite field action, but obviously small sample sizes. Um, and, you know, throughout his career in the majors, short as it may be, less than 400 at-bats for him. Oh, I have an eye headache right now. Um, he has been able to kind of drive the ball in a way that you like to see from a young guy. He had the first homer of a player born in the 2000s. Um, is going to be a... A pretty question one day that I'll get and then yell at my kids for not knowing. Um, but he's definitely got the tools you like to see. He it was a lot of rookie mistakes the last time he was up. You know, it was a lot of pitches that you know major league players would not really be swinging at. It was a lot of you know balls in the dirt and high fastballs yeah. that he just couldn't really wrap his mind around not taking a shot at. You know, not taking a stab at and. Eventually, he has started to pick that up back at the AAA level, and mm-hmm. it's looking now like he might be able to put that together um, in the majors, and that's just what we want to see. There's not much else to say with Luis Garcia. Um, got a swing that's very reminiscent of Juan Soto's, um, mm-hmm. which people have liked to compare the two a lot, even though I don't actually like the comparison much at all. But It reminds yeah. me a lot of Jared Kelnick right now, like a high-touted prospect, you know, Bat is obviously there at the minor league level. Bat could be there at the major league level. It's shown flashes at the major league level, but he has an issue with just being disciplined right now. <laughs> he doesn't, you know, he's not getting these great swings off because he's just not being patient enough. And with Kelnick, it's the high fastball. And, you know, with Garcia, it's a, it seems to be everything right now, but or in the past. But, um, yeah, if he can get the discipline, I mean, and he, um, Garcia, he had a lot of ground balls his pastimes as a national. So was hitting at a, almost a 62% clip um, of ground ball percentage in 2020. But 
um, throughout the small sample size, he has been able to hit the ball on the ground a lot less. Um, but there's definitely a bit of a mental gap in going from um, major or minors to majors, which I believe he can be able to traverse. But like I said, it's not that easy for and so I think a lot of it was um, his just kind of rookie status, rookie mentality, um, and, so, and stuff that you just don't really know how to prepare for as yeah. you know uh, as as a young player. And I think he'll he'll finally, hopefully, be able to pick that up because if we can get another young bat in the lineup around Soto and uh, Kiber, all that good jazz. I think he'll be someone that we are really looking forward to seeing on a day-to-day. Uh, and also, the problems were always with his fielding, but who really cares? I mean, yeah. I'm sorry. I know that this is not the mindset to have, but, like, the small come things. on. It, it's whatever, man. Just your fundamentals over here. He, he, he's, he's living proof that ball gets hit on the ground, it can probably be turned into an out, and if he's average at best fielder he'll be fine so um he's definitely been picking up the edge of velocity as time goes on you know i hate giving out these stats with a literal 15 at bat um yeah it's sample size so small but looking from 2020 to 2021 even when he had some time up the majors last year um was hitting more balls in the air um definitely decreasing the amount of balls on the ground and is pulling the ball at about a similar rate and it's just the baby steps that you like to see but getting the ball off the ground getting line drives to be more common and just getting it in the air is always a good strategy for success garcia not the fastest guy i mentioned earlier 215 pounds not going to be someone who's going to blow by you with his speed so um it's definitely good that he can really get the ball in the air and off the ground and if that didn't start to drop for him go his way He's definitely going to be someone that we're excited to see and someone who's a little dangerous. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of the Nationals' um, uh, monopoly on young lefty hitters, uh, Jeremy De La Rosa, the Fred Nats star right now, has really been doing uh, a great job. So just um, the other day, he actually managed to win the uh, I want to say it's called the Carolina League, but I cannot remember the exact name. Um, let me find it one second. Yeah, so Fred Nats outfielder Jeremy De La Rosa, Carolina League Player of the Month for the month of May. So averaging uh, average about 372 in that month, which is very good to the point where I definitely believe he should be headed up to Wilmington. Um, 20 years old. And a small, much smaller guy than Garcia, about at about six foot, hundred sixty pounds, maybe closer to five eleven. It's all the same now, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely you'd be like what you would like to be seeing. You know, in the last ninety days, he's sledging five hundred. Yeah, guy's been absolutely carrying the cover off the ball. I'm looking at especially early May, like the first two weeks of May, exactly. Guy just felt like you know, it was like hit, 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 hit. hit you know, a couple RBIs every night it felt, and it's tailed off a little bit, but he's been at least, you know, recently hitting the cover off the ball. And so I'm looking at baseball reference right now. They have an interesting 
a little piece here where they show splits versus younger pitchers and then versus older pitchers. Um, I'm not sure how they calculate that. As you can see, we're a very advanced website. Um, but hitting better against older pitchers as an OBP that's almost uh, what are those kind of, so it's like 0.7 greater um, than uh, versus the younger guys. Sample size is larger for the older pitchers, but it's good to see that you know going up against experience a little more. Uh, De La Rosa can really drive the ball um, in a way that a lot of young guys can't. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Man, so, that, yeah, I don't have anything to add really. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean De La Rosa, guy we've been hearing about for a while. Um, he's got a ways to go. Obviously, still in the low A. Uh, Fred Nats, which by the way, you should go out and. I'm sorry, this is not you. This is listeners should go out and uh, catch a little bit of minor league ball. You know, these guys are your better. These guys are better than basically anyone you've ever seen besides the major league level. And you're right there on the field. You could go walk out and touch them if you really wanted to. I guess you could do that on a major league field. There's just yeah. more I mean, repercussions. <laughs> I went to uh, uh, actually this Thursday, I went to a uh, Orioles game. Mariners playing the Orioles and uh, yeah, got to meet Julio Rodriguez, which is. Uh, Pretty cool. Talk about some minor league news. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, in the last last month, um, hitting the ball almost a third of the time, which is really really solid. And you know, teams always like a lefty batter. And um, for Jeremy, I think we're definitely be seeing him moved up. The Dominican uh, bat is going to be moved up, probably high A or double A um, at some point. But for now, it's all you can really ask is, uh, can you keep hitting the ball the way you are? Like I said, should we look at fielding stats? No, fielding stats are lame and boring and no one cares. Um, quick aside, I want to point out that the Nationals um, minor league teams, none of them have good names. No one else has funny names. Like, I'm looking at some of the... Fred Nats? I'm looking at some... Okay, Fred Nats is just Fredericksburg Nationals, which is not that interesting. Wilmington Wilmington and Blue Rocks is pretty good. And then you have Harrisonburg Senators and um Red Rochester Wings. Red Wings. Like those are fine. Well, aren't but... like the Red Wings like a it's like a like a very histor- historic name. It's like Rochester I don't know. Yeah, for Detroit. The hockey team. I feel like there's like something like historically there. I don't know. I'm I'm just spewing crap right now. Yeah, they played in they've been like around forever. I think that's why they, they kept the name. Like I'm, Although, looking at, I'm, I'm looking at some of the uh, Fred Nats opponents, like Delmarva Shorebirds, Carolina Mudcats, Canapolis Cannonballers. Like, what? Yeah, okay. Yeah, this is actually really stupid. Okay, so the Red, the Rochester Red Wings um, were founded some, some time ago, in, you know, the 1899, and uh, their first... Real like farm affiliation was with the St. Louis Cardinals, hence the name Red Wings. Mm-hmm. We're not the St. Louis Cardinals. Huh. Um, yeah, they had some uh, some names that I don't think would fit in uh, today's baseball uh, climate. I guess you could say with uh, Cleveland's name change. But uh, you go, you go, Red Wings. Uh, change your name, please. <laughs> um. So yeah, De La Rosa, just a guy, um, you know, it's going to be a couple of years, but definitely a name to keep monitoring. If he's raking the ball like he did well enough to hit 372 in a month and win player of the month, definitely a name to keep an eye out for. So we're still um, 
still a ways out from August 1st or 2nd, which is when the uh, MLB trade deadline is, um, to be exact, it is August 2nd. Um, but for the Nationals, still a rebuilding team, and it's the time to think about, all right, who could be useful at the trade deadline? Who's someone we could ship off, um, get some quality prospects back? So the guys you're kind of looking for in this area, Nationals last year, we made big splashes with star players, but now we don't really have star players. Um Besides Soto, and he's staying. Um, which, if you didn't hear, despite all the rumors about a potential Soto trade, it's not happening. Mike not Rizzo happening. said it himself. They're not trading Juan Soto. And with, I don't think we touched on this. We might have, but the trade or with the selling rumors, uh, I saw something. I think it was from John Heyman. I was like, yeah, listen, everyone that is wanting to buy the Nationals is buying it for Juan Soto. Um, and if they get rid of Juan Soto, it's going to just tank the value of the team, like, monetarily. <laughs> and that's what the learners care about, folks, is the money. Um, can't blame them, to be honest. If I was the owner, I wouldn't care much about baseball. Um, but yeah, the kind of guys you're looking for um, to sell off in a rebuild. Young-ish guys who um, you think are kind of peaking or getting close to their peak right now. Guys you can sell off who won't really matter much to the team. and can acquire you a nice little package or singular prospect at the deadline. So some guys uh, we were thinking about for the Nats. Um, big one that comes to mind is Yadiel Hernandez. Um, Yadiel, great story. Spent many years toiling around in the minors. Um, Went up to the majors, had like the worst first home run call ever. Say that again? He had like the worst first home run call ever. Oh, they were, they were playing in Atlanta, and like Bob Carpenter was just like reading off stats, and it was like, and a CU later. Yeah, that's pretty uh, typical yeah. for um your Bob Carpenter call. Speaking of the Fred Nats, why don't we just pull up the Fred Nats announcer? He's been, uh, oh. but he's oh, been okay. raking in the commentator booth as a aspiring commentator myself. I actually say I don't actually like him that much. <laughs> I mean I, like I, let's 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 be like real here. He's not like a great commentator, but man, I love him. It's a lot of fun. I'll definitely I love say him that. so much. Um yeah. Um so trade pieces. Yadiel has been a good lefty uh bat for the team. Definitely someone who could net us a prospect or two at the deadline. Um has been able to uh, push the ball really well off the bat, and someone who just kind of has a bit of a veteran mentality about him. I hate to do the whole veteran presence thing, but um, you you like a guy with some age on him, um, and the if he can hit Hernandez. the ball well, Adiel is not gonna get any better really than he is yeah. right now. But teams who are doing good right now, teams who want to win right now, they might say, "Well, all right, I don't I don't care about three years from now. I care yeah, about exactly. I care about today." So. Cesar Hernandez. Yeah, I was going to say. His deal, yeah. yeah. Cesar, when you left on his deal, he's a lefty hitter as well, leads the team in hits. Like It's someone who can get the bat on the ball, can get to first base. And there are a lot of teams who need you know, maybe an extra bat to compete or maybe they want a bench bat. They want to mm-hmm. be able to platoon an outfielder. You know, That's what Yadiel is for. Cesar can be a starting infielder. And it's guys you think about like this, and there are a bunch of teams around the league who need uh, guys who can... They need guys who can play, and they need guys who are kind of peaking right now. Yadiel is not going to be a contributor by the time the Nationals are contenders again, or at least playoff 
you know, challengers. It's just not going to happen. That's just how it goes sometimes. Um, so it is important that right now we secure as much value as we can out of him. Because if we keep Yadiel, what actually happens? We get nothing out of him. Eventually, he's going to be off the team. And it's not someone who we keep for the future. If, yeah. he, if Yadiel was hitting at the level that he is now, and he was 22... It's a different story. Keep him. This is yeah, someone you want to keep, who you want to build around. But he's he's far removed from the wrong side of thirty. I was gonna say what is he like 30, 30, 34 he's or something? Thirty four, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So it says like that. Obviously, Cesar that we also mentioned, um, and then teams like the Yankees, um, basically playoff teams in general. But you know, one that comes to mind this year is the Yankees. Um, they can always use relievers. You know, the Nationals could use relievers in their twenty nineteen title run. Um, obviously, it helps that, you know, excuse me, we didn't need the help, evidently, but teams could always use it. And so the Nationals do have some guys like that. So, you know, Kyle Finnegan, um, there's a guy who's really been uh, pitching well for the Nationals in recent days, someone who we consistently go to. Um, real ones remember that he was the pitcher of the year for the Nationals last year, <laughs> which is interesting. Yeah. Um. Uh, as much as it pains me to say this, I think Josh Bell could go somewhere. Uh, just like anyone with like one year left on their deal, I think has the potential to go. It's the same same story as last year. Um, yeah, I like but, Josh Bell a lot. Like you know, while I was rec- while we were recording this, we got the notification that two runners were bouted in on uh, a double from Josh Bell. Um, and he is a guy who we like. I personally would not trade him unless we got given a deal, which we felt was yeah. an over was an overpay. Overpay, yeah. I think um, it wouldn't hurt to keep him, and he is someone who, if we think we can go for a Yankees type rebuild and be competitive next year or the year after, I think he's someone who could still be uh, a contributor to this team. But yeah, he's like I was team. saying with Kyle Finnegan, um, he's been pitching well recently. He's a ground ball pitcher. Um, about 55 percent you know of his batted balls are ground balls and that's something that teams like the yankees might want you know with such a you know competitive starting core you know with nestor cortez and severino garrett cole they're 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 good this year man they are they really are good. good and they're, they are they have a uh, certain third baseman when we traded miguel andujar i think he literally like yesterday was like Requested a trade. I think this um, is the second time he's actually requested a trade. Yeah, second time, but I mean, guy hasn't really gotten his sh- shot. Once again, it seems like the theme of this episode. He's been his biggest drawback is his defensive incapability, and I think Gio Urshela came along um, and replaced him at third, and he got moved to the outfield. And then Joey Gallo came along, and he got sort of pushed on an island um but once again i will say who cares about defense man (laughs) exactly he finished second in rookie of the year voting in 2018 um the bat is there um i think he has he has i think he has like one of the best swings or one of the most fun swings in all baseball he has that helicopter finish on it and and i I mean i'm gonna mind making yeah i was i was just saying yesterday like there's no reason not to at least take a flyer on a young guy could be productive. Worst comes to worst, you know, you cut him. Yeah, the, the Nationals are in, like, the revolving door of bullpen arms right now. They have, like, four or five arms that have value, and then the rest are just who cares. But they're, I don't think many of these guys, apart from, like, your obvious ones, like Mason Thompson and guys that you 
really traded for the rebuild have a real shot of being in this contention window. So if you want to ship one, you know, maybe two off Tanner Rainey, guys like I was, that. Off I was going to say it pains me to say because I love representing the brand and I absolutely love that you've had a Tanner on the team for <laughs> eight years running now. But Tanner Rainey is a guy we could look towards and maybe say, all right, maybe this guy has enough value on him that we can secure a prospect who we think can help us. Mm-hmm. Maybe think, secure Tanner. Th- think about last year. Like The Nationals were okay with trading Kyle Schwarber, who was an all-star and had a Barry Bond stretch, for one pitcher who was, I believe, either the 8th or the 18th prospect in the uh, Red Sox farm, Aldo Ramirez. And Ramirez is a great pitcher, and I do think he will be seen at the major league level at some point. But and that was Kyle Schwarber, and he was... Yeah was hitting the mess out of the ball and now it's just like if the nationals are willing to give up schwarber for something like that you have to be prepared for them to give up a guy like rainy or finnegan for something that may look like a marginal gain for something that may look like we shouldn't have even done it but that's just how it goes sometimes and personally i don't want uh tanner to be traded that is a completely personal like absolutely no reasoning for that besides the fact that his name is tanner um but you could do Tanner Rainey for Tanner Scott and Brian Anderson. With Brian Anderson do with anything. No, I'm just saying if you want to keep a Tanner, Miami Marlins have Tanner Scott and uh, or Baltimore Orioles pitcher. Yeah, former former O part of the part of the big tank that led to Adley Rutschman. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, there's just so many things the Nationals could do. At the deadline, the world is their oyster, um, even though the, the pool of players to choose from isn't as rich this year. They have a lot of guys who are like sort of on one year, prove it, bridge the gap, rebuild, or bridge the gap for our rebuild years. And I don't think the team's going to get any better between now and what, two months, three months from, from now uh, when the all star or when the trade deadline comes. Um, but so, I mean, there's no real reason to say, "Hey, let's let's keep these guys and, yeah. and sort of contend." Um, but, but yeah, trade who you can, and this team is probably going to see another mini breakdown. Obviously, nothing's going to be as you know, bam as the Turner Scherzer trade. But if you're the Nationals, you're looking. How can we really strip this team down to the bare bones? In my mind, I don't think we have a single untradeable player that is not named Juan Soto. Can't I can't I can't think of one. You want you keyboard. I can I okay I can think of him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think the guy, I mean obviously the big trade. I forgot about him. Him and him, <laughs> him, him and Josiah can stay. I still think Josiah Dre can be really good. You you really don't want to trade Eric Fetty, man? Man, he. Can, you really he, want to trade Eric Fetty, man? I mean, he could just go, I, and I wouldn't really care. Is <laughs> that like Mark Zuckerberg? Yeah, I don't know how I just completely forgot about Key Bear. Um. But yeah, like I said, just about anyone above the age of about 25 to be traded, it would not hurt me. I want to keep our prospects. I don't care how uh, poor they've been doing. No. It's worth keeping. It's worth trying. Yeah. Um, speaking of Key Bear, what a time to go into our quota for the day. So we have mentioned Key Bear. I want to talk about um, how he has just been really good this year. Um, he's hitting almost 260. He's got half a war already in the season and his OPS plus is right around a hundred. Um, yep. His problem is very notable. 
It's that he is an overly aggressive hitter. But I like that as a problem. Like, as far as problems go, pretty good problem to have. You know, in the last month, he's, you know, has a 351 OBP. Um, does not have any homers. He's been lacking some power all year, really, only one in the season. But I like the I like I like having your problem be that you're too uh aggressive because I feel like it's easy to teach non-aggression. And it's not like he's striking out. He's one of the best players in all of baseball in terms of strikeout percentage. It's just that he's not choosing the right pitch to hit, you know? Um and there's nothing really wrong with that. I mean, it's slap hitting sort of just, you know, put the bat on ball. Um but if he's able to like choose the pitches that are like, okay, this is too close to take, because um, we've seen it this year with the ump show, sort of, and players not really getting the right or not getting treated right at the um, with the calls. Um, so Kiebert, you know, he understands that and he's trying to keep keep his at bats alive, and I think it's 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 really good. So the the Keeb Dodge, as we call him, is almost twenty four years old. He's got about a month until he turns twenty four. Um, and his his uh, you know at bat stats right now are hovering right around the league average in a lot of places. You know his exit velocity, um, hard hit, line drive, ground ball, and fly ball percentages are all right around uh, the league average. Um, obviously, you know we want him to be above average, as I was saying. But I mean, you definitely take what you can get, and there is a long way to go. But he's like right there, and when you're hanging around. Um, league average as a 23-year-old, 24-year-old, like, you're going to have a lot of chances to turn mm-hmm. um, into someone who is, you know, raising the league average, someone who is hitting better, uh, hit, you know, hitting better against righties and lefties, hitting it in the air better, getting it off the ground. That's the one thing he's never had too much of a problem with, the ground ball percentage. Um, definitely spiked a little uh, in the early part of the 2021 season, but... Someone who has been uh, leading the way for a lot of catchers, both rookie or is he a rookie this year? Does he count? I don't. I don't think so. Think so. Well, he's been leading definitely young guys as well as just kind of all major league catchers. Not he's obviously not the best. You know, Will Smith has that kind of locked up right now, but he has been very solid for the Nats. Um, and this is going to be really ironic considering I've spent all of this episode talking about how defense doesn't matter, but his defensive work as a catcher is really incredible. And gunning guys down. Obviously, there's still rookie mistakes to be made, but he's really been um, hitting his marks and getting uh, some cat stealings and a pretty solid framer as well. And um, he has that extra. What's the word? He has that extra, you know, oomph to him because he is a switch hitter. Um, someone who uh, has been doing well in a lot of different situations. Yeah. I mean, he's been, he's been the guy. He is him. Um, for the for the trade, uh, yeah, and he Dodgers. definitely just someone that you can't really fail if you keep here. Yeah, we talked about you know Robles could still be a starting caliber player, so he might be all right. But like, no, we can't have him just be like a borderline starting caliber player. Like, this is a guy who needs, he to, needs be to be a star. Star, yeah, like a stud. And there is not there's kind of a deficit of star catchers in the modern MLB. You know, Will Smith, I would say, is a star. Asmani Grandal is definitely very good. But, I mean, you look at the best catchers, and no one really blows you away. Yeah. 
So uh, for Key Bear, um, it's definitely a learning curve. I notice in hitters counts a lot. He um, and swinging where he doesn't need to be swinging. Um, high fastballs and spiking sliders. Um, they really get him going, and he swings where they look like they're going to be, not where they're going to be. But with some proper guidance, he can um, improve that. Easier said than done. We're going to get to the fact that uh, Nat's development is not great, as we've mentioned before. Yeah. But um, someone who I think he has fixable problems, and the positives that we've seen definitely outweigh the negatives. Um, so... Speaking of guys whose positives outweigh their negatives, I feel like I've used the speaking of transition too much. <laughs> Whatever. Um, Juan Soto um, sits for two, 224 pounds of pure beauty. Um, lefty's been having, been having a quote-unquote down year, is what people are telling me. Um, still slugging around 500. He's got almost two war for the team. Uh, 12 homers and 145 OPS plus. So... Daniel for him is still definitely around or above league average uh, in a lot of ways. Um, one thing we've been noticing with him, not not really a, a singles hitter that much recently. Yeah. Like his last like seven or eight hits have all been doubles or homers. And so he's really starting to get on top of the ball or under the ball. Ugh, on the ball, I guess. Under the ball, on the ball. Yeah. Um, more so than he had been doing at the beginning of the year. He had a absolutely monster two home run game um the other day but i feel like we i feel like we're spoiled with him you know yeah his 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 averages this year we keep running into each other it's like a really bad traffic jam his averages this year above league average and hard hit um you know above league averages in um fly balls He's obviously not doing as well as he used to be. You know, you look back at his baseball reference and you see all this italicized bold stuff for you know, how there were stats that he led the league in. And he's not doing that this year. He's not an MVP candidate right now. But I feel like people are definitely freaking out for no reason. Yeah, people are just need to calm down. It's the exact same thing he did last year. And then he finished second MVP voting on a very bad team. Yeah. For for an award that is is very centric to good teams, I think back to twenty twenty when Freddie Freeman won that MVP when he he was it good. Should, obviously, it was some, it should have been Soto. Yeah, it should have been Soto. But I mean, just give him some time. I mean, it, yes, it's one series against the Reds. It's not the best team, but you know he's he's starting to break out a little bit. And this is Juan Soto we're talking about. He's gonna get it turned around. Um, you know, maybe it takes another trip to the home run derby that fixed him up the team last year where he just started driving the ball out. But, I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll turn it around. And even even if he doesn't, he's still like way better than anyone else, anyone else in the Nats. And, and what's, been, what's been eye-opening to me more than the maybe statistical problems, um, the problem in my mind more is that he's 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 a lot – more emotional now than I think we've ever really seen him. He's always been a very expressive player, but that expression usually came through, you know, excitement or happiness. He's doing the Soto Shuffle, and I haven't been seeing him, you know, he doesn't yell at the umps. I don't, I don't know if he's ever been ejected, yeah. but um, he's definitely talking to the umps more. When he strikes out, he's throwing his helmet, he's hitting the ground with his bat. It's not something that we're used to from Soto, and it is funny that we're complaining about this, and our star player used to be Bryce Harper, who a brand out of it um but 
So I don't like the mental part of the game kind of turning on him, getting getting on him. You know, in the last month, he's only batting 202, but he has half of his home runs this year, and those are definitely confidence boosters. He's, you know, he's getting around the base paths more in the last month than he um, has for a while. He's not grounding into double plays as much. Like, that was the issue last year. Yeah, I mean, he, it was like, God, every time he's running on first, he's grounding he, into He's elevating, down. finally. But... Um, he's still a young guy, you know, Soto is very easy to look at him and go, well, he's so amazing, but this guy's 23. This guy's younger than Robles. This guy's younger than Kiber. Like, this is really not someone that I'm worried about picking back up the pace. Yeah, he, 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 he hasn't peaked yet. And he's been an MVP candidate multiple times and he's yet to peak. Like, Soto will be fine. But like I said, I'm worried about the mental aspect. I'm worried that he might be getting into his head and then he mm-hmm. starts swinging at pitches he doesn't usually. He's got some of the best play vision I've ever seen. And I don't want him to start throwing that away because he just wants to get hits every time. You know, you got to yeah. wait on the pitches. Bryce Harper, One. for as much crap as Harper got for being um, an angry player, he never really showed it at the plate. He's one of the most patient players I've ever seen. One Soto will be great when he's out of the Russian's age wild to think about number one prospect um the... and also uh once it has been ejected once in this rookie year august 8th 2018 him and kevin long got ejected in the sixth inning for arguing balls and strikes against the braves which is funny because the first like mlb link to the video of him getting ejected it's right it's the nationals and the braves it's injured to the san diego padres film room um <laughs> So that's interesting. Anyway, the Washington Post headline about it is Washington Nationals. Juan Soto ejected for first time in career. Says he just wanted the umpire to be better, which is just about the most Juan Soto way to get ejected I can possibly think of. Just do better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, man. All right. Oh, Juan, Juan Soto. Very good. He'll be I'm fine. not worried again. Like I say, yeah. Juan Soto is a very incredible baseball player, and I don't think he's something it's anything that should be worried about. And he's another one of those kind of expectations players. You see how he does in the past years, and he wanted to be as good as that in the next few years. And, yeah. I mean, that's a valid thing to believe. Don't get me wrong. I'm not mad at people for going, you know, why isn't he as good this year as he's been in past years? But I think he will pick it up. We're only about two months into the season. He's playing on a bad team, doesn't have much protection. Um, but this is kind of a thing where you have to just give it time Baseball is such a mental game. Yeah. And like I said, he doesn't seem to be getting the better end of that right now. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm not worried. I'm really not. Um, and it, it's Juan Soto. At the end of the day, as much as I love to talk about baseball and be an armchair GM or hitting coach or whatever, I trust Juan Soto as a batter more than I trust me as a batting coach. Um, yeah. So I definitely think he'll be able to pull through. Yeah. However, you know who I don't trust as a hitting coach? Who? Arnell Coles. How beautifully does that segue into our last topic of the day? Um, Brief aside, uh, segue is not spelled S-E-G-W-A-Y. You went over that one time. Did I? Yeah. I was like, I I, I was like, segue, and then you were like, oh, it's not spelled like that. Really? uh, Yeah, and we got into a fight. It was in a previous episode. Huh. Funny funny how that works. If I had a nickel for every time we... Discussed the spelling of Segway. You had two nickels. I don't know why it's always surprised me because S E G U E does not seem like it should be Segway. Like that just feels wrong. 
Yeah. Or maybe it was the other way around, like I told you. I don't know. Whatever. Nonetheless, um, what a great segue we have into our last topic of the day, which is there is a very widespread sentiment around the Nationals fan base um, discussing teardowns of, you know, top to bottom of the management in the front office. And I just wanted to get your view on that. And, you know, I'll share mine about who should stay, who should go. So let's just kind of run it down the list. So from the top, I'm going to say the learners. Go. Go. They yeah. go. And they're looking to go already. <laughs> they, they want out. We want them out. Let's just make this nice and tidy. Um, yeah. Not willing to spend on the team. You saw what the Mets could do when they got someone who was willing to spend. Let's just get there. We talked about this last episode. Not much to say. Get them out. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Baldy. I'm fine with him staying. I mean, he assembled a World Series winning roster. He can do it again if he's given the financial ability to. So Baldy, by the way, if you don't know, is Mike Rizzo. That's our GM. He's bald. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if it's an unpopular opinion at this point. I still think Mike Rizzo can be a very solid GM. I don't think he's someone that we need to immediately kick out. Um, I think he should be kind of put on like a one-year leash. Um, but definitely a guy who... I trust has made some solid moves. You know, he'll come out with a move like the Josh Bell trade, you know, Will Crow and Eddie Yeen for uh, Josh Bell is just a dome piece of a trade. So yeah, for uh, Rizzo, I think he definitely should get another year, but you know, he is on, no, the team's not great right now, but I don't like the concept of switching general managers in the middle of a rebuild because yeah, then I feel like you could lose the original vision and yeah, you're crossing up visions. You know, you exactly hi- going to say. fire Billy Bean in the middle of the Moneyball saga. Does that team end up going to the LDS in the way that they did? Like, you don't know. You have to see a vision through. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's risk reward because what if, you know, Rizzo's vision is terrible? What if we end up in a worse place than we started? But. I think we need to see it through. Okay, Davey Martinez. Uh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's, I li- I, he's too nice. I like the guy. I think he's been great to the city and to the, you know, to the players, but I think he's a pure bullpen manager, lineup orderer, or as just a pure baseball manager. I don't think he's who we need running the show. I think the Nationals lineup right now, and like I think if we had tools, we just sort of see the cracked show. It's like right now, I hate just I hate bringing up Seattle, but I watch them too much. But like God Service has a ton of weapons and like seems to come out with a new lineup every third day. That like puts Jesse Winker at leadoff. Um, and it's just like, come on, man. So Uh, I don't know. Yeah, sorry. What was that? If Davey ever gets another lineup like that again, I think we'd start to see, like, wait a minute, why are we doing this, you know? I I do think that sentiment of the Nationals winning the World Series was a bit in spite of Davey. Davey, the Nationals just love doing this because it's the same thing with Matt Williams and um, Dusty Baker. He's a player's coach, but he's not a good coach. He's a guy to rally the players and, you know, make them maybe play better, but that doesn't always transpire. And then when it doesn't, you end up in a lot worse of a place. Yeah. Okay, so let's just run through a couple more. Let's say Darnell Coles. Um, I've already made my right. opinion on this known. Go away, go away, go can away. Leave. Nightmare, nightmare, nightmare. I think he was worse than Kevin Lawn. I never hated Kevin Lawn that much. I'm not actually sure where we got rid of him. But Darnell Coles, um, another you know Rizzo friend. I think he was 
or no, Davey friend. Or here's our friend. I don't know. He was a friend with one of our guys in Arizona. And if you know anything about Arizona, they're not exactly the cream of the crop for baseball. All right. What about Jim Hickey? Go away. I think go he away can, too. Yeah, I think he can go. We have guys like have just failed with pitching every time. So, um, right, reminds me to say this, that um, the Nationals basically, an article just came out, the Nationals DFA'd Austin Voth. um, (laughs) I love this. And here's basically what they said, you know. He was a struggling fringe reliever, this is from the Washington Post, um, struggling fringe reliever, and they were hoping he could have basically netted someone in a trade. Um... The Nationals felt that Voth's spin rates, this is quoted, could land him elsewhere, perhaps with a team known for fitting players by Matt's 